The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network The Bob Seska Show Presented by BubbleGenius.com Hey folks, Bob here with this week's Bubble Genius Showcase Item of the Week If the Twitter toddler in the White House has you completely stressed out Head on over to BubbleGenius.com And pick up their exclusive Republican voodoo doll Featuring the face and body of our cartoon dictator this item is only available for a limited time, so get yours now. Only $25 at BubbleGenius.com, with a third of the proceeds going to support the campaigns of resistance candidates across the country. Plus, if you use our promo code BOBC at checkout, you'll get 15% off your entire order only at BubbleGenius.com. And now, let the cartoons begin. It's, it's a series of tubes. Broadcasting from resistance headquarters. Relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up. Never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Charlie, get me the number for the Butterball Hotline. Yes, sir. Hello? How can I help you, sir? I'm Joe Betherson. That's one T and with an H in there. And your address? Fargo. Your street address, please? Zip code Fargo, North Dakota, right now. My street address is 114... 54 Pruder Street, Fargo, North Dakota. Zip code 50504. Thank you. Your voice sounds very familiar to me. I do radio commercials for products. And how can I help you? Stuffing should be stuffed inside the turkey. Am I correct? It can also be baked in a casserole dish. If I cook it inside the turkey, is there a chance I could kill my guests? I'm not saying that's necessarily a deal-breaker. Well, there are some concerns. Two main bacterial problems are salmonella and campylobacter jejuna. First of all, I think you made the second bacteria up. And second of all, how do I avoid it? Make sure all the ingredients are cooked first. Excellent. You have an accurate thermometer? Oh, yeah. It was presented to me as a gift from the personal sous chef to the king of auto sales in Fargo. Phil Behand. The man can sell a car like, well, like anything. Very good, sir. You have a good Thanksgiving. And you do, too. Thanks a lot. That was excellent. We should do that once a week. Happy Thanksgiving! As God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly. The Bob Seska Show! Bob. Hi there, my name is Phil Behind. <laughs> it is Tuesday, November 21, 2017, and this is the Bob Seska Show presented by BubbleGenius.com. I am Joe Betherson. <laughs> uh, we are brought to you by the uh, best soap in the world. It's BubbleGenius.com. Pick it up on Black Friday or Cyber Monday, whatever you choose, or at any time. It's the best soap in the world. Great for the holidays. So much to talk about. It's our pre-Thanksgiving show. No show on Thursday. No after party on Friday because, well, it's it's a holiday. And what the hell do you want from me? Okay, let's do this right away. Let's start. Calling Buzz the Galaxy's greatest hero. <laughs> yeah. Skilled, courageous, and ever vigilant. 
leaping into action, buzz hurdles to the rescue. Yes, he does. His ongoing mission to protect the universe from the dark forces of evil. Very much These so. These are the adventures of Buzz of Star Command. Yeah, there he is. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Earthlings. And uh, happy Thanksgiving to everybody. And thank you, Bob, for these uh, uh, two opening tapes today, including the WKRP uh, "God Is My Witness" uh, yes. tape. Uh, those, uh, that's a holiday classic, of course. And and uh, the other is with uh, Martin Sheen is just plain funny. Yes, the Butterball Hotline is one of the greatest <laughs> scenes ever in any network hour-long drama that I have yes, ever seen. Yes, <laughs> and I yeah. and just to get just to fit into the show, I had to cut the shit out of it. It was about like two and a half minutes wow. long. It's a two and a half minutes well, long, and just genius between the story about the kelp and Charlie getting the Butterball Hotline and <laughs> the president well, trying to come up with the names and a brilliant, brilliant delivery by Martin yeah. Sheen. But obviously, that was written and. And one of the reasons it was longer was it was written, uh, you know, by Aaron Sorkin at yes. the time, and and uh, Aaron Sorkin did a oh, did a fair amount of cocaine. Yes, and yeah. uh, and he wrote a lot of really rapid dialogue, which I always enjoyed. Uh, he's a very intelligent man, so it was rich dialogue. Yeah, and he would write these soliloquies, which is essentially what. Martin Sheen was doing there. Yeah, uh, right, right. And 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 it, it just brilliant, just absolutely brilliant. That that is a great scene. And thank you for that. And thanks for having me back. And happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> Same to you. Yeah, I mean, Aaron Sorkin was also really good with coming up with funny names. Elsie yeah. uh, Snuffins is one that I uh -huh. remember. Uh -huh. I, I played one uh, uh, in, a couple of weeks ago with Marion Coatsworth Hay of Marblehead. <laughs> That's how much of a nerd I am because I can you know, come up with these and, names. And, and the Marx Brothers did that, and and W.C. Fields did that, and before them, Charles Dickens did that. Dickens loved goofy names. Goofy and, names. Uh, W.C. Fields did, too, and, and obviously uh, other artists have either uh, had that same love or paid homage to the others by... By sort of continuing that tradition of silly names. So, uh, silly name Buzz Burbank. What What do you yeah. have planned for Thanksgiving? <laughs> oh, you, you don't have time for it because it involves uh, brining and uh, smoking, and uh, <laughs> and and then we get to the turkey. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, we, I, uh, we, we it, it's it's a whole process, and uh, uh, you know it's but it's very elaborate and it's very uh, dear to me. And people seem to really, really like the results. So I'm, I'm very excited about it. We're going to go see some people on Thanksgiving. Then we're having a Thanksgiving of our own for some other people on the next day. So, And yeah. I imagine you're one of these guys who you go all out with the cooking, right? I assume you do a lot of the preparation of the meal. You know how I, you know how I prepared for the hurricane? Well, that's very similar to my Thanksgiving prep. <laughs> that's right. So you're putting the... Uh, you're putting the uh, metal slats on the windows and the doors. You're just locking right. everyone in. And you're going to eat right. this goddamn turkey if it's the last thing you do. Well, it's to keep all the smoke out from the from the turkey smoker. <laughs> right, right. Oh, man. Okay, so uh, lots to get to with politics here because, uh, like I said, we're not going to be doing a show on Thursday because it's Thanksgiving right. and Friday right. just because what the hell, it's it's Friday and it's the day right. after Thanksgiving. <laughs> so and, I can do a show that day. And I have no news and comment uh, show on Thursday of this week either, so I'm just goofing off this week and mostly just wasting the time. But yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, it's probably good that I take some time off because I – you know, I've been doing the news for what forty some mumble years, and and uh, I, I've never seen it like this before. I just I haven't, and it's very confusing. It's uh, you know, people already know that I get confused easily, but uh, it's it's harder now. Yeah. I, uh, Jer Jared Kushner and and uh, apparently discussing a backdoor overture, and this is the confusion. I thought that's what Kevin Spacey was in trouble for. <laughs> 
right. Yeah. I, That's a, uh, I, I thought too. And now Charlie Rose. Yes. Although, oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, we're going to get to that in just a second. Yeah, of course. Uh, you know what? I, I think the big news of the day is this rollback of net neutrality, which just popped yeah. up out of nowhere. I mean, we were kind of expecting something like this to happen, weren't we, Buzz? Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like, yeah. it, as soon as Trump got elected, I was like, oh, God, well, there goes net neutrality. There goes Obamacare. There goes all of these things. Well, they haven't been able to do much of anything outside of whatever can happen internally inside the executive branch and inside the Oval Office. So it's been lots of uh, repealing or overturning of Obama-era executive orders and and rules and things like that. Uh, And this is another case where, yeah, they can do it. The FCC basically is controlled by a majority of Republicans at this point because Mm -hmm. elections matter. Elections make a difference in who governs what and how uh, uh, laws are made and how things happen in the country. I'm sorry to tell you, but both parties are not the same. And this is a great example. Right now, as it stands, net neutrality, I think, has been officially overturned by the FCC and the uh, the chairman of the FCC, Ajit Pai. Is that how you're pronouncing it? Ajit Ajit Pai. That's correct. Uh, Under the Orwellian pledge that they're bringing freedom to the Internet. Which is, I, I know, Agit Pie. So by nice. the way, the, the Agit Pie, the worst kind of pie. Uh, <laughs> don't serve it. Don't serve no. it Thanksgiving. Absolutely no, I'm sorry. Not. I'm sorry. I, I I think I'm overcompensating because uh, the 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 usual uh, sort of cheerful, optimistic buzz who appears in the spot isn't here this week. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. The 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 nihilistic, oh, no. let's burn the mother down <laughs> buzz is here this week. <laughs> right. It's it's I I I'm I am overcome and overwhelmed. Uh, yeah, it, it's not a final decision, Bob, on net neutrality. Uh, there will be a public comment period. Whether anyone will be heard during that period, I guess, remains to be seen. I certainly made it a point to call both my senators and my congressmen today uh, to uh, strongly suggest to them that the voters, <laughs> such as myself, uh, very much want to keep uh, net neutrality and uh, urging them to tell the FCC to cool it. Well, it boggles the mind to imagine that anyone, I mean, regardless of political stripe or partisanship, would support something like this. Because what we're talking about is wow. not not only would guys like you and I, a buzz, get affected by uh, the right. rollback of net neutrality, but also small time Republican independent bloggers and you know owners of aggregate uh-huh. sites, you know, like uh-huh. Hot Air and things like that. Uh, they would all be affected by this because right. this does not. It's not like net neutrality goes away just for the left. It goes so, away for the right too. Right. So what you're saying is uh, Trump's FCC's net neutrality plan. Uh, actually hurts some of the very people, a lot of, most of, maybe all of, yeah. the very people who supported Donald Trump. Is that what you're saying? Because that <laughs> yeah. certainly didn't that certainly didn't happen with health care or taxes. <laughs> no, know, of course and, not. And and the reason any party would want to do this, the reason the Republican Party would want to do this, is because it creates a fast lane on the internet for the wealthy. That's right. Wealthy. There's that word again. Whether yep. it's tax reform or health care or internet neutrality, 
uh, it's all about benefiting the wealthy, and and that's that's the that's the answer to all of this. There's your answer right there. Absolutely, and and one of the reasons why this has particularly snowed the right is I uh-huh. don't think they have a full understanding of what we're talking about here. I think they get the sense that this is another liberal regulatory rule that adds all kinds of uh, uh, speed bumps to the internet. I think they're thinking of this in the reverse way. I think they believe that net neutrality isn't what it is. I think they they think it's the opposite of what it is. Yeah, I think I'm that they sure. think that that because it's been so uh, framed as being a regulatory thing, I think well, that they, that honest too. to God, believe that what rolling back net neutrality would do, try to follow with me here on this, rolling back, back net neutrality would actually provide more freedom for small-time website owners, independent website owners, aggregators, yeah. and so forth, content providers, and so on. They, they've got it exactly wrong. And one of the reasons why... They have it so incredibly wrong. Let's rewind about 10 years. There was a senator from Alaska who is, uh, who is long dead. He died during the Obama years. But he was one of the first guys to talk about rolling back net neutrality. And he just happened to be in charge of the subcommittee on technology tasked with regulating the Internet. And his name was Ted Stevens. And this was Ted Stevens about 10 years ago talking about net neutrality, trying desperately to describe what the Internet is. Now, the Internet, you know, let's go back. Internet started with with a concept of local-to-local connections across the country, and it's there for the consumer. Yes. But but when we take uh, uh, and uh, really uh, indicate that... Anyone that wants to use the, the, this system for massive, massive com- uh, uh, commercial purposes. Well, there's one company now, you, you, can, you can get sign up and you can get a, a, a movie delivered to your house daily. By, by, by subscription, by, by delivery service. Okay. He's talking about Netflix there. Right? Hey, hey. I, I just the other day got internet was sent by my staff at 10 o'clock in the morning on Friday. I got it yesterday. Why? Because he got tangled up with all of these things that are going on the internet commercially. <laughs> and, and here we have this one situation where enormous entities want to use the internet for their purpose to save money for do- doing what they're doing now. Mm. They use FedEx. They use the, the delivery services. They, they use the mail. They, 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 they deliver in other ways, but they want yeah. to deliver vast amounts yeah. of information over the internet. And again, the internet is not something that you just dump something on. It's not a big truck. It's, it's a series of tubes. Right. It's not. Uh, <laughs> bear a that series. in mind, Buzz. It's not it's a big a, truck. It's a series of tubes. It's a series of tubes. Sort, sort of like the Trans-Alaskan Pipeline. <laughs> now, I'm convinced uh, that what, what Ted Stevens meant to say was a series of pipes, because that's traditionally yeah. what nerds right. refer to the Internet yeah, as. Oh, he, we got a thick pipe here. That's a lot of bandwidth. Instead, he, was, he said tubes. He does not have a stuttering problem, and I would not make fun of people who stutter, but he was very porky pig in the first part of his explanation. That is true. Uh, I don't know if he was trying to dumb it down or what, what the, his struggle was there. Yeah. But it was a, I, to your point, Bob, conservatives, I think, have a, a, a trouble with anything that, that's counterintuitive. Right. You were talking about, uh, you know, it, it seems wrong to them. The regulation, regulation equals bad. And so any regulation <laughs> of the Internet yeah. uh, is surely, surely restricting business in some way. 
and must be removed. To your point, uh, no, on the contrary, it actually helps level the playing field for businesses. But this is the same sort of inability to handle or process the counterintuitive as yeah. with climate change. Yeah. Uh, uh, what do you mean the planet's warmer? I brought this snowball. They don't, <laughs> They just don't. They have trouble with the counterintuitive. That, that's right. And it also doesn't help when their series of facts that flow uh-huh. through their series of tubes are contrary to what the actual story is. So uh-huh. when you're describing when you're hearing something in particular being described, whether it's by a Fox News Channel host or someone like Ted Stevens or someone like Ajit Pai or someone like Donald Trump, what the, the facts that they're giving their people do not match the actual circumstances of the issue itself. So how they're describing the uh, describing uh, repealing net neutrality is bringing freedom to the Internet. And the, the other advantage that they have here is much like Ted Stevens, most people don't really quite understand how the, the Internet works. We just Absolutely. use it and we want to get recipes and we want to get right. porn. And then once we're done getting our recipes and our porn and posting pictures of our dinner, then that's it. We're not really sitting there contemplating, well, Jesus, how does this all it's amazing how this works, isn't it? But there's none of that no. because it's too it's too difficult to grasp. It's very well, complicated. I, you shouldn't have to. You're not supposed to uh, right. understand it. But, but uh, just know this. It's a fast lane for the rich. It, that's really what yeah. the removal of net neutrality gets down to here. That for uh, the best service, you have to pay the most money. And most of us won't be able to afford that. It's, yeah. uh, you know, it's, 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 it's part of the overall. It, I, one of the reasons for my feeling of being overwhelmed at this mm-hmm. at this particular moment is in spite of how well the Mueller investigation is going, and I think we're very close to criminal charges against the president for obstruction of justice. Yes. In spite of how well that's going, it just seems like he's winning at everything, whether mm-hmm. it's immigration or the climate or killing elephants or whatever it might be. Yeah. I just, you know... I, it, you know, and we talk about, uh, I've made much of it and, uh, uh, Rachel Maddow and others have made much of it that, uh, this administration and this Congress haven't passed a single significant piece of legislation. And indeed that's true. And yet why all the damage, uh, the executive orders are killing us, the general policy, the attrition of the government. Uh, this is all just, this is, this is how he's going to get us. If he can't yep. sign bills, he's going to chip away until it just crumbles, just as he's done with Obamacare, and that's why I'm feeling particularly nihilistic at this moment, yeah. and 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 a little revolutionary. I I I really am about ready to take up pitchforks and torches. <laughs> I really I really am. Well, that's I mean that's where we have to really keep an eye on uh, next time there's a Democratic president. Why we have to keep an eye on what happens next, yeah. and that's something that I think we often miss. And I'm talking about everybody. It doesn't matter left, right, Republican, Democratic. I don't care. It's one of those things where once you start down the path of establishing a presidential tradition, and one of those traditions includes uh, a legislating through executive orders, you have to realize that those things are temporary, and you're relying on the good graces and whimsy of whoever comes next. And right. that next person... When in the form of Donald Trump, 
is uh, who is, you know, still bitter from that White House correspondence right. dinner where he was made fun of. In a lot of ways, people have been talking about that as being the inciting incident for him to run for president. And so, therefore, well, as soon as he gets into office, what's the first thing he wants to do? He wants to roll back at everything that uh, Barack Obama did, the previous president did. And the only things that are within his direct power are to roll back all of those executive orders. And, I, saw, uh, I saw a bit of satire, by the way, that said that uh, <clears throat> Trump had executed all eight of the uh, turkeys that Obama had pardoned. <laughs> That's right. He actually, You know what he actually said in his remarks today after he pardoned a turkey? That last uh, year's turkeys, whose names were... Uh, 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 what Tater and Tot? I think were the n- like <laughs> names yeah. of the uh, the two turkeys from last year. And Trump said, "Well, you know, in my uh, what I've wanted to do since I've been elected president is to reverse all of Obama's executive orders, but I'm not <laughs> going to reverse his pardoning of Tater and Tot oh. last okay. year. So all at right. least, you know, tr- there's something, Buzz. You can be uh, that's uh, right gr- grateful for well. as you." As you yes, as you're sharpening and, your axe, and, and yet at the same time, the uh, the nihilistic side of me today says uh, he's just getting in practice for pardoning. That's right. <laughs> I don't know. I yeah, don't someone know. shouted. A reporter uh, shouted to him. Uh, Do you plan to pardon any humans? <laughs> And, of course, he, he didn't answer. Of course he didn't. But uh, here's what we got to do. I mean, at uh-huh. the very least, I, you know, I don't know how locked down this is. It, I mean, it basically, I mean, uh, Ajit Pai essentially said that this is what he has done. He's made good on his on his pledge to do this. I, I don't know if there are additional steps along the way where yes, it can be prevented. There are. There are. Okay, yes. well, so I guess the process then now is we have to do this. Uh, tweet to Ajit Pai. His name is A-G- or A-J-I-T. P-A-I-F-C-C, that's his Twitter handle. Or you can e- email agit.pi at FCC.gov. That's A-J-I-T dot P-A-I at FCC.gov. And the phone number is 202-418-2000. And uh, Rachel called it last night as far as the protests beginning this morning. I just wonder if it wasn't too late. I mean, that, that's the one thing that's so diabolical no. all this about all this is yeah. the politics were very smart. They didn't telegraph yeah. this. They haven't spent a couple of weeks saying, hey, you know what? Or there weren't any leaks into the press. Oh, no, Ajit Pai yeah. is going to roll back net neutrality. And so there wasn't any two-week ramp up with protests and public outrage and so on. But there well, still there, can there, be. There can be now. Uh, yeah, contact the FCC. I'm, I'm not sure that the... Uh, Republican-controlled, Trump-appointed FCC is going to listen to you. But Congress, uh, the people who have to be reelected, uh, will listen whether they want to or not. Yeah. And and so I would urge people to, to contact. And there are easy phone numbers that I don't have handy. It's a 202 number, obviously. But there's a, there's one number where you can reach your people uh, through that, that central number. I'm mm-hmm. sure you, you can easily Google that. Yeah. And, and please do that because... You're going to feel this. This is going to affect you. This You will notice the difference, and you will be pissed off, and it will be too late. So that's why it's important for people to get in touch with their congressmen now. And the other thing, yeah, what you were talking about, Bob, with the timing of this and the suddenness of this, you know what just happened just before this? What? John Oliver ended his season of last week tonight. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. If you'll recall, uh-huh. if you'll recall, he shut down. He, you know, they, they, they crushed the FCC website. Yeah. With, right, uh, right, right. With, with, at, at his suggestion, his urging, they waited until the coast was clear. They waited until there was no John Oliver. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. And uh, to do this, I'm, I'm certain that was a, a major factor in the timing of of this particular approach but there is still time there will be a public comment period uh journalists uh, as such as myself will be 
tracking what that what that period of time is and how people can use it. Uh, so there I, is still an opportunity to speak. Ajit Pai has made it clear this is the intention of this FCC. Congress can certainly stand in their way. And meanwhile, if Republicans want to uh, get a jump start on reversing net neutrality, they can feel free to just start paying their ISPs more for their websites, whether it's right. their their campaign websites or whether it's their official candidate or their official uh, uh, member of Congress website or their their state level politician website, whatever whatever they have, their fundraising websites and all yeah, points do, in between. Yeah, they can feel free. Yeah, they right. can just start just start paying more now. Get a, get a right. jump start. And and if they need the money, they can just, you know, do what the Trumps do and contact your Russian banker. <laughs> That's right. But I mean, this is I, I don't think they're considering all this. I mean, what happens every time there's an election year coming up or every time there's right. a midterm or a general election or any sort of election year, uh, whether it's primaries or, or uh, uh, offseason elections and so on? What happens is a lot of politicians establish websites for their candidacy, and not all mm-hmm. of them are national candidates, of course. What we're talking right. about is state and local politicians who need to start websites to, uh, to to raise money and to get the word out and to promote their candidacy. And what are those websites going to have to do? Well, they're going to have to enter the tiered system of the Internet if net neutrality starts happening. And again, this is something I don't believe they understand the full ramifications of this, because right. then if some Democrat comes along... With, oh, my God, Ooga Booga, uh, a George Soros financed campaign or something like that. And they're able to get a faster tier than a Republican grassroots candidate, say an independent leaning Republican like hmm, Donald Trump or any of his copycats who want to start a website. And they're not going to be able to do it with the same efficacy as their opponent who may be is on a faster tier because they decided to pay money because maybe they're better financed in a year in which right. the Democrats are poised to sweep a lot well, more elections. They, so they they aren't thinking they aren't thinking of the lower level, but they are thinking uh, money talks politics and and uh, you know they've it's being the party of money. Yeah, uh, I, I think at least at the national level they're not concerned about that. But you're right, there will be ramifications at the local level, and and we can't reiterate this enough to our progressive friends that mm-hmm. it's really important to pay attention to your state and local races, uh, right down to the mayor and the dog catcher and, and all the way up to the governor. I think we've been mesmerized in recent years by, uh, you know, uh, you know, Clinton, uh, uh, Trump, uh, you know, we're, we're rooting for one team or another or paying attention to the highest profile races yeah. and not paying attention to what's going on in our own backyards. The Republicans may not be doing that either. And I think you've stated the other big reason that there's this rush to end net neutrality, uh, not only because it does, in fact, benefit the wealthier among them, uh, but but also because it's a form of government regulation, and to them, all government regulation is bad. Again, what they don't understand is, at the very least, the FCC and and the chairman of the FCC in particular are still subject to a, a public uh, criticism, a petitioning of the government, uh, a public outcry, public protests, right. where corporations, I mean, you tr- go ahead, try to protest against Comcast. See what Comcast does <laughs> when you try to say, hey, I'm no longer going to use Comcast anymore. Comcast will not bat an eye. They don't care because, of course, all of these ISPs have some monop- form of monopoly or another in which they don't really need you. So if you are outraged and you want to walk away, 
They don't give a shit. They just said, bye-bye, right. bye-bye. It was yeah. just like like Amazon, with me and Amazon. It's just like, oh, you know what? You bastards, I'm going to tell all your shareholders that you're eliminating $20,000 in uh, in gross revenue every every month. Yeah, yeah, uh, whatever. Uh, yeah, bye-bye. <laughs> bye-bye. See you later. Jeff Bezos, richest man in the world. Bye-bye. Yeah, so that's, that's, what, that's the reaction. That's what differentiates uh, uh, government uh, and the private sector. Government, you can petition the government, you can vote people out, you can stand up as, as the public and, and get back at these people and hold them accountable. With corporations, there's not much of a chance of doing that, especially the monopolistic ones, where you just, if you want internet, you are kind of screwed. You have to go to Comcast. You have to buy Xfinity or whatever the hell it is. And me just saying this, I'm, I, I have Xfinity. They could cut me off. They could say, no more internet service for you. You are screwed. Good luck with whatever uh, fly-by-night ISP you can dig up at the last minute. I mean, right. so that's what we're talking about. And if they can do it to me, they can certainly do it to uh, to Mike Cernovich, or they can do it to uh, Ted Cruz's website, or they could do, any number of Republicans could be impacted in the same way by someone else who maybe doesn't like what they have to say. So it's, it's Paul Ryan's Ayn Rand dream come true. That's absolutely right. It is the yeah. uh, it is the free market, but the free market will absolutely uh, a pile drive right through you. It, it, it yeah. it's not, they will not even blink. And so this is the last stand. This is the last stand. Mm-hmm. This is the last stand where the American public can say, no, we do not want this. Uh, Agit Pai, you must not go forward with this yeah. decision. <laughs> and it must yeah. be stopped here. I've got some breaking news here, Bob. A uh, oh. federal judge says the Trump administration cannot stop funding sex reassignment surgery for military members. Wow. And this comes this comes on the heels of uh, uh, the Trump administration being compelled to pay for a re- reassignment surgery earlier this week uh, for medical reasons. It it had to be done. And uh, so this now not only has he been ordered by a court to carry out that one reassignment mm-hmm. surgery, but now uh, all of them uh, will have to resume as as they had before. Outstanding. So, yeah, that's so, such such great news for the trans community. It is, and and on a day that I felt like he was winning everything, it's it's. I'll take any little glimmer of hope that comes in. Yeah, and of course, a judge also uh, said that he can't uh, hold back funding for sanctuary cities. Right. That was yes, another, that too. So. Yeah, there was another court we, ruling. So two we, two victories right now, right there at the <laughs> at the judicial level. And after we come back, I'm going to talk about yet another. Yeah. Another victory, I think another step forward, Good. and you hinted at it at the top of the show, but I want to get into it a little bit more because it, because it has to do with Russia, it has to do with the Mueller probe, it has to do with the special counsel, and what, as far as I'm concerned, will surely amount to, yes, the I word, Im- impeachment. Uh, I think this is where, uh, this is where we're, <laughs> this is where we're going to get it. All right. Uh, before we get into that, I, I want to talk about, this is a, a weirdly uh, a personal thing for me because, I, you know, when I buy shaving razors, I have to buy a certain kind of shaving razors, or at least I used to, because I, I crashed on my bicycle when I was in fifth grade and I landed right on my face. And that explains a lot, but I've got a giant scar on my chin to prove it. And so what I have to do is I if I get the wrong shaving razor, I end up cutting myself up all around my chin, all around that, all around that gnarly scar from fifth grade. But you know what? Since I've been using Harry's razors, I haven't had to worry about that at all. 
By the way, the holidays are, are right here. I mean, we got to start shopping uh, Friday, getting ready for the, the holiday season. The holidays are great, except when it comes to finding the right gift, especially for men. This year, Harry's is offering both limited edition and custom shave sets for guys' gifts that's practical, personal, and impressive, and something he'll see every day. I'm now a longtime Harry's fan. I love my Harry's razor, especially because it doesn't slice up my face. It's super comfortable in my hand and on my face. It's the lubricated five-blade cartridges, by the way, that amazing smelling shave gel, too. It's the closest shave imaginable, even like the packaging, too. And Harry's gift sets come in handsomely designed gift boxes starting at just $10. Harry's even has great stocking stuffers. And you can personalize your Harry's gift with a choice of colors. And now, limited edition holiday colors, including one with a winter chrome and emerald green handle. And you can make your Harry's gift even more personal with engraving on the handle. Even the gift box can be customized, too, to suit the person you're gifting. Over three million guys have switched to Harry's, including me and including Buzz. And they agree. Harry's means high-quality products at a very reasonable, reasonable price. And it's even more reasonable now for the good people who listen to this show, Harry's will knock five bucks off your order when you shop through harrys.com slash B-O-B-C. Again, that's harrys.com slash B-O-B-C. This holiday, give Harry's, give handsome. Get your holiday shopping done early and take advantage of free shipping to get a limited edition holiday shave set while supplies last. Go to harrys.com slash B-O-B-C right now. That's harrys.com slash B-O-B-C. The Bob Seska Show. The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Uh, welcome back to our Tuesday show. We are uh, excited to get started with our uh, our Christmas. Uh, not our, well, the Christmas season, I guess, begins too. So it's Thanksgiving and Christmas. I was in uh, I was in a department store buzz uh, more than a week ago, uh-huh. and they had already started playing the Christmas music. Oh yeah, no that that's just wrong. It really should wait at least until Thanksgiving Day. And here's how here's how I gauge that. <laughs> when I was uh, growing up, and and of course this was many many years ago. Yeah. But when I was growing up, the sure sign that the holiday season, the Christmas season, had begun was on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, that evening, yeah, uh, would premiere a local uh, children's television show called Santa's Workshop. And it would run all the way through Christmas Eve. Wow. Uh, every, every day, Monday through Friday, mm-hmm. Santa was there to uh, entertain us with a puppet and toys and stuff. <laughs> and it was, with a puppet. It was, but that's how I knew. So anything before that is too soon. When Santa's Workshop premieres, then then it's the, officially the holiday season. Yeah, that was one of my, uh, my, one of my favorite things to do when I worked at a full-service AM station uh, mm-hmm. about 20 years ago, back in the, the middle, middle 90s, middle, late 90s. Uh, I, was, uh, I was Needle-Nose the Elf uh, during the <laughs> Saturday morning Santa's Workshop radio program hosted ah. by the news director at the radio station where I worked. And so it was Wait a lot a of fun. It was a radio Santa? It was radio isn't Santa. That, isn't that sort of like a radio ventriloquist? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you wouldn't believe the phone calls. I mean, basically, you yeah. would take oh, calls yeah. for two hours where uh, kids would just call in and, and promote their favorite toys on the air without the toy companies paying anything. Uh, but that's what they would do. He would just take calls. It was basically like sit on Santa's lap on the radio 
and tell him uh, everything you want, and then Needle Nose the Elf will be by to uh, with crazy antics or whatever the hell I had to do on that show. But that was that was fun. That was the old old days of radio, AM full well, service radio. You don't have a Needle Nose, but I thought that uh, on your chin, I thought that was a dimple, and and I thought, well, no. you know, just more disgustingly good looks from Bob, uh, but. It's, it's, I know you had that dimple installed, didn't you? Oh man. You know what? I was right. I was riding down the hill on a bicycle and uh, my friend Bill was behind me and I decided, Hey, I'm not going to ride with any hands. Won't that be a fun trick? And so I was doing that. I was careening down this hill at about a thousand miles an hour. And, uh, I, I let go of the handlebars and I'm riding down the hill without any hands. And then I turned, I turned around on the bicycle. I said, Hey Bill, look at this. And that was my big error because that's when. That's when I uh, my, my uh, bike went all wobbly and I went right over the handlebars, landed on my face. I broke my arm. I smashed open my chin. That was fun. That was a fun, from, that was from a what fun I know, bicycle day. From what I know, we're just lucky to be alive. That's exactly <laughs> right. But you know what? That's my actually. That's my thing when I ride a bike. As I when I'm yeah. riding my bike, I feel lucky to be alive. When I get home after I'm done riding my bike, <laughs> I feel lucky to be alive. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, but anyway, so let's get yeah. back into uh, the yeah. good news here because we are uh, we are ramping up to the holiday season. So why not why not some good news? With Please, tr- I need it. Clearly, clearly, I need it. Well, I mean, here's the thing. We've got uh, we've got this investigation now. We officially know that Donald Trump is, in fact, under investigation for obstruction of justice. And yes. and the thing is, this comes to us uh, from ABC News. I'm going to read this blurb, and then I'm going to tell you why this is such great news. Special Counsel Robert Mueller's team investigating whether President Donald Trump sought to obstruct a federal inquiry into connections between his presidential campaign and Russian operatives has now directed the Justice Department to turn over a broad array of documents, ABC News has learned. In particular, Mueller's investigators are keen to obtain emails related to the firing of FBI Director James Comey, Mm -hmm. of course, by Donald Trump, and the earlier decision of Attorney General Jeff Sessions to recuse himself from the entire matter, according to a source who has not seen the specific request but has been told about it. First of all, I want to know when this started that we begin referring to the attorney general as general so-and-so. Have you heard I, that I, before? I, I, not until recently, but I do believe it's correct. I, I do. Okay. In fact, uh, you know, as you would refer to uh, the secretary of state as secretary or madam secretary right. but you could also refer to him or her as simply secretary i see um uh, but and and likewise i think the attorney general can be referred to properly as general right well you know ultimately i it it sounds really good when it, tr- trump people are referred to as general because there is uh-huh. trump is always surrounded by generals and that's what i think that's the idea that they want to portray. i think I, they i think I, they went out of their way to say make sure you refer to jeff sessions as general sessions i think they should all be called generalissimos <laughs> Yeah, well, Trump already is, so we've got that. Uh, nonetheless, uh, unless you're a fly on the wall, you don't know what's happening inside the office of the special counsel. But no, no, and waiting for this investigation is like waiting for your mom at the DMV. It that's isn't true. fun, and I'm tired of it, and I'm ready for it to be done. <laughs> right. Well, look, uh, one thing we haven't heard in the last year and a half is Donald Trump is directly under investigation for some nefarious deed, which is possibly punishable by uh imprisonment or impeachment or both and and that's the thing i think everyone who's been indicted 
to a certain extent, has been mentioned in the news, especially Paul Manafort. I mean, throughout the entire summer, we were doing nothing but talking about Paul Manafort, almost to the point where I was concerned that the Mueller investigation was going to be limited to Paul Manafort and the people around Paul Manafort, whether it was... Oh, no. It was Rick Gates, obviously, who is his, uh, who is his Doug Stamper, who's Paul Manafort's Doug Stamper, his second right. we, and we didn't. And I didn't see that one coming. Actually. Yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't see. I didn't see. Uh, uh, yeah, I didn't see Rick like Gates who? or yeah George Papadopoulos was mentioned maybe in one story back in the middle of the summer. But yes. who knew the George Papadopoulos would get indicted too? So there, on one hand, there's a lot of a lot of investigations going on behind the scenes that we have no idea about whatsoever. But right. what we do know now is that even though we haven't heard Trump's name mentioned specifically. With regard to the Mueller investigation, now we're really starting to hear it. There was one uh, bit of a report in the Washington Post in middle June or so, but it was still Uh inconclusive. Now we know that Mueller is pursuing (laughs) Donald Trump on obstruction of justice charges. And as far as I'm concerned, I don't care if he goes down for... Uh, jaywalking or running a red light or obstruction of justice or colluding with Russia. This guy needs to be held accountable for something. And, and that something has to be pursued until to its furthest extent, as far as we can go. If that involves jail and impeachment, all the better, because it's been how many 30 years of this guy operating in public view where he has gotten away with one thing after Everything. another, after another, Groping after another and stealing and yeah. 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 And especially now these, uh, these, uh, sexual assault charges that came out of, uh, last year's campaign. I think though, I think we need to revisit those. I think that needs to be re- looped into some ongoing investigation. I don't know if that's the purview of the special counsel. I doubt it is. Uh, but he needs to be held accountable for all of that. But if it's this thing, I don't care. Again, I don't oh, sure. care if it's the conspiracy charges or the obstruction of justice charges. Uh, obstruction, really, in many ways, obstruction of justice is the best thing to get him on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's the cover-up. It's the cover-up. Right. And and right. so we are going to see heads rolling with regard to the conspiracy. I think that's where we're going to see, obviously, uh, uh, George Papadopoulos is the first domino to fall in all of that. And we're going to see more of that happening as we go mm-hmm. forward, whether it's Mike Flynn or Mike Flynn Jr. I think right. Donald Trump is in Donald Trump Jr. is in very serious jeopardy right now. Jared Kushner is in very serious jeopardy right now. And I think with Jared Kushner... We're looking at the possibility of of perjury. Oh yeah, where absolutely. He, where he has withheld documents in addition to possibly perjuring himself in testimony. Uh-huh. Um, and Trump Jr. Absolutely. I mean, it, it's just it, it it's just amazing uh, the involvement of this and and how much we know already. I can't tell you the number of times I have used in my copywriting for my newscast yeah. in recent months the phrase. We now know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I I can't tell you the number of times I have used. We now know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and what we know at this point is if unless something horrendous goes horribly awry at some point between now and whenever the end of the Mueller uh, investigation, whatever. What we know 
is that there's a very, very good chance that Donald Trump is going, Donald Trump, the president of the United States, is going to be indicted for obstructing justice, if not yeah. w- witness tampering and on down the line, if things related to obstruction of justice, if not the full array of obstruction of justice and conspiracy against the United States and money laundering and, and all kinds of, all the same things that we've been seeing with Paul Manafort too. The fact that the Justice Department has subpoenaed itself as as Rachel pointed yeah. out, but but the fact that uh, the Justice Department itself has been subpoenaed in this investigation I, because I, of the involvement of key uh, figures in that indicates, mm-hmm. according to uh, expert prosecutors, this indicates that Mueller is very close to being finished with the obstruction of justice investigation. Interesting. What what follows finishing an investigation? Charges, charges, and yeah. and who are who are we investigating? Uh, yell at crowd, Trump. Uh, <laughs> you know, so uh, what do we want? Well, you know, uh, it's it's a little bit like that. Yeah. But but it it not only seems inevitable, it seems eminent. I would say, and my God, do we need that? Do I need that? Yeah, because it's really. I mean, ultimately, it's on one hand about holding Donald Trump accountable. It's on the other hand, getting him the hell out of the Oval Office. I think mm-hmm. that is, to me, that is my number one priority because I think overall, what we're looking at with the entire Trump mm-hmm. era is this Pandora's box that's been opened, and now yes. we're we're rapidly grabbing all of the horrible things that have launched out of that box, and we're trying mm-hmm. to shove them right back in. And the main thing we can do, the the skeleton. Key the passapartout, as they say in France. They, they, what, that's Donald Trump. That's the thing that rebottles the entire Pandora's box. If Donald Trump yes, goes down, yes, that exactly. is Trumpism gone. Bye bye. Exactly. And, and that's what I was saying earlier in the show. Whether and whether it's net neutrality or health care or taxes or anything else. Yeah. Uh, again, uh, passing no major legislation right. uh, strictly by policy, by attrition, by executive order. Uh, he's chipped away at all of these things and and done already more damage than we estimated for a guy who hasn't signed a single bill. <laughs> the way to stop, the way to plug all of the holes in the dike, the way to stop the bleeding in the multiple wounds of the patient mm-hmm. uh, is to is to stop Donald Trump. Uh, I, I don't know if it's going to be easier, but it's going to be, there's going to be more schadenfreude. Let's just put it that way, because... Now, Donald Trump and Donald Trump Jr. and all of Donald Trump's staff, whether it's his campaign staff or his West Wing staff, they are all now going, they're on their own as far as paying for their own legal defense because the RNC has pulled out. They're no longer to be using Trump campaign funds for their legal defense. And I mean, what were, God, what were uh, Donald Trump Jr.'s legal fees in uh, in one month alone, I believe it was, it was like 165 grand. Was 165 it or, grand? Yes, yeah, for a month. Yeah. Now, uh, I yeah. Mean, now I understand Donald Trump has now said uh, uh, simultaneous to the announcement that the RNC wouldn't be paying uh, the Trumps bills anymore. Trump said he would be paying for his own and uh, promised, uh, you know, not the same as signing something but has promised to pay the legal bills of his staff members yeah. uh, in the Russia investigation. Uh, I would think it would be in his best interest to do exactly as he has promised, uh, despite his reputation of breaking such promises in the mm-hmm. past. If not, uh, some of his own people, as if they weren't already, are going to be pretty pissed off. And by the, by the way, I, I don't mean to sidetrack, but we mentioned something, you mentioned something very quickly in passing earlier about uh, Trump surrounding himself with generals. And I've heard some progressive concern about that 
uh, you know, that is sort of, I guess, from a military coup standpoint. But I would assure uh, those concerns, I would assuage those concerns by assuring people that uh, the generals are not all entirely with Mr. Trump. And I, <laughs> no. think, I think, you know, certainly McMaster has, has <laughs> yeah. made that clear. So just as a side note, since you did mention it <laughs> earlier about the generals, I wanted to clarify that, uh, you know, yeah, they're going to go along with a certain amount of his BS, but I also mm. know they're going to draw the line at, at certain points. And we've seen, we're seeing indications of that already. Yeah, that's my favorite story of the week. H.R. McMaster <laughs> called Donald Trump an idiot and a dope with the intelligence of a kindergartner. Kindergartner, yes. That's, that's actually, I think, I think he's more like a... He's got to be old enough to be the the uh, playground bully. So <laughs> yeah. I'd like to make him a little older, but I but I appreciate the sentiment. Yeah. Now, so do you do you think this story is true? I, I'm honest to God. I'm kind of I'm on the fence as to whether or not this uh, this HR McMaster story is 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 real. I I, I want to believe it's real and it's hilarious right. to me. But right. at the same time, is is HR McMaster the kind of guy? who at this point in time is going to start mouthing off in front of other people about Donald Trump knowing uh, wow. how this stuff always ends up emerging in the I, public. I think he said what he said in confidence and didn't expect it to get past <laughs> anybody else, but yeah. that doesn't it doesn't strike me very general-like to be that careless with the facts. Uh, yeah. Uh, although we have seen it certainly in a high-profile case before. That's true. But, uh, you know, I, 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 I can't help but think that there's... Obviously, it's something we want to believe, yeah. and I can't help but think that there's a certain, there's got to. Not everybody is as insane as Donald Trump, and so there's <laughs> there's a line just above where he will go, where where I think you might find guys like McMaster, and then we have to ask ourselves, okay, if it's not true, who put that story forth, and what was their motive? What was the motivation for doing so? What yeah. did they hope to achieve or accomplish? Uh, the the best guess would be to uh, try to cool down liberal opposition, but I I don't I just don't think they would that would be an approach they would take for that. No, I don't think so. Well, we'll see. I mean, it could be that uh, you know the, the concern I always have is is a planted story where suddenly we all start saying, "Hey, look at HR McMaster called him a dope," <laughs> and then yeah. suddenly they come out and say. By the way, we planted this story in the news to make liberals look bad, and then suddenly we're like, "Oh shit!" And then <laughs> the Charlie Brown football theory, yes. exactly, exactly. <laughs> like it's like, well, it's more of a rat fucking. It's more like, okay, we're going to put this story out so the liberals attach to it, and then once the liberals are attached to it, then they, we're going to tell them that we deliberately put the story out to make them look stupid. So, I mean, that's that was my that's my only concern. I would lean toward it being real because, of course. The observations are all true. I mean, he is right. an idiot and right. a dope, and he right. he does behave yeah. like a kindergartner. In fact, I think a kindergartner would be a better president. Even Kim Jong Un got that right. I mean, his description, <laughs> right. you know, that's the thing. Whenever he speaks, you know, I, obviously, I think we all share the same opinion of Kim Jong Un. Yeah, but uh, he was right about Trump. It yeah. was. I mean, I mean, you know how sometimes in translation. Uh, uh, a message in an Asian language uh, that will not translate well to English and, <laughs> yeah. and seems awkward. No, that was not the case. This was very clear and very accurate, <laughs> right. you know, and that's, and that's, and so, you know, I, I think that, you know, even a blind squirrel finds a nut. I think that, uh, uh, you know, it, people see these things and they have to say these things because not everybody 
is as stupid or criminal as Donald Trump. On that note, one last break. We'll come back with more show after these words. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items, too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. Bob Seska. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Okay, lots to uh, still get to on today's show as we wrap up to the Thanksgiving break. Uh, if you're looking for some great gifts that are personalized to this show, you can always give away Patreon subscriptions to the Bob Seska Show. Oh, yeah, that's a brilliant idea. Just go to bobseska.com, click the all-caps Patreon link that takes you to our Patreon page. There you can subscribe at $1 a month if you just want to support the show and get nothing in return. <laughs> but you can subscribe. If you subscribe for $5 a month, $10 a month, or $15 a month, you get all kinds of great bonus features. You get at uh, $15 a month, you get a commercial-free version of this show. $5 a month gets you two post-mortem shows every week in addition to the free show. Uh, $10 gets you the post-mortem show and the Friday after-party show. Uh, and $15 a month gets you all that stuff, all of those extra features, plus the commercial-free version of the free show. So, again, all you have to do is go to bobsesco.com, click the all-caps Patreon link, and go and support the show, and it makes a great gift. Um, oh, Also, use our eBay link. If you're, if you're clicking on crap at bobsesco.com uh, and you want to shop, do some uh, auctions at eBay, go to our eBay link. That takes you right to the front page of eBay, and you just go and you do all of your eBay stuff, and there's a little cookie that goes along with you, and then we get uh, we get a small commission from uh, everything you end up buying on eBay. Same goes for our Target link, too. So lots of holiday shopping to be had uh, through uh, bobseska.com, so go and do that. Do, do push all of the <laughs> buttons on Bob's page. Just go and, <laughs> and press all of them. And and what you'll find is it's like it's like going to the mall. That's right. Because uh, all the stores, all the good stores are there. That's right. And and you can consider this show like the Muzak and the speakers mm-hmm. in the mall as you want. <laughs> well, you couldn't around. do better, in my opinion. Yeah, I was looking at a, a website that showed old pictures of malls in the 1980s, and it was mm-hmm. so fascinating to check out shopping malls. Do it. Doing some Roy Moore research, were you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely right. And so, but I mean, what I remember is uh, something that seems so foreign now. I remember walking around and smoking cigarettes in the mall. That was wow, one of the things. Yeah. <laughs> that they used to have ashtrays in shopping malls. Mm-hmm. They, uh, You could just walk around. You couldn't go into stores with your cigarettes, but you could no, just walk kept, around the concourse. It kept setting the imported clothing on fire. <laughs> 
So it's just weird stuff. It's wow. Just- yeah. Things change and, and malls have changed and, and a lot of them have disappeared and, and the ones that remain are, are changing. It's interesting, but that was a, a big part of the culture. And I think about the movie fast times at Ridgemont high, yeah. which was very, a mall focused, very 1980s mall focused. And uh, that was Roy Moore's time. And I got to in the mall and that's why I said that not indicating that you were up to no good. I thought maybe you were, what was it? What was it like in Roy Moore's day? So you looked at 1980s mall <laughs> that's right. and, and then, and then I tried to picture Roy Moore as a character in fast times at Ridgemont high. Oh my God. And I think right. in, in retrospect, they could have done that. Yeah. He would have been uh, Roy Moore would have been Ron Johnson. In fact, there's a Roy Moore character in fast times at Ridgemont high. He ends up uh, taking Jennifer Jason that. Lee's virginity in the, uh, oh my at, at the point in that dugout, right? You dick! And yeah, that was, it's been I mean, a while since I've seen it. Yeah, well, I, I, you know what? It's funny, because I watched it like three weeks ago, and I was like, ah. holy shit, that guy, Ron Johnson, is totally Roy Moore. He works at a stereo store. I think he's in his early 30s, and he ends up right. he ends up having sex with Jennifer Jason Lee, who's supposed to be 14 in the mm-hmm. in the movie. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and and I had we highly recommend the movie because it's it's really it's very interesting. It's it 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 didn't glamorize being a teenager the way other movies did. Yeah. It was written by Cameron Crowe, a great writer and now a movie producer as well. Uh, I I got to hang out with Cameron Crowe for a bit, and oh, I wow. actually actually know one of the characters in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I know the real life version of one of the characters in that story. So I have a, a great fondness for that movie. But it is on <laughs> Wait, its own. Which one, Damone? Or do you know? I'm, do you know no, someone like Damone? I'm not. I'm not going to say. <laughs> I, I'll I'll tell I'll tell you Damn off it. the air. Okay. Uh, directed by a woman, by the way, Amy Hecker. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And they were very into trying to make a movie that uh, made the point that teen sex was not a comfortable or happy uh, thing uh, yeah. that it was where, where other movies were glamorizing that uh, this particular movie was saying, no, it's fraught with the uh, perils and pitfalls. And what is so fascinating about that, it's not just the smoking in the shopping mall. It, right. As far as being a uh, a sort of a time capsule of that era, uh-huh. but mm-hmm. also the fact that Jennifer Jason Lee's character has an abortion and it's not really that big a deal. It's not. It's not this major crisis point as to oh, should I keep the baby or should I have an abortion? She just decides. Right. Oh, I'm pregnant. I'm only fourteen or fifteen years old. I need to have an abortion, and the crisis comes in. Well, how do I pay for the abortion? How do I get right. to the abortion clinic? Maybe I'll get right. Damone to pay for half, and then he'll drive me to the to the clinic. And of course, he bails on both of those things. Well, it was the it was California in the 1980s. Uh, it's it, it, sadly uh, many women would gladly trade for just that problem. Yeah, uh, the affordability as opposed to the lack of availability. Yeah, and, and yeah. these days, if you put a movie out like that. And abortion isn't some sort of moral crisis in the film. Then right. it's going to be the subject of protest and outrage, and and it's probably going to get shut down. So it's, some things that happened in the '80s weren't all about making jokes uh, about differently abled people or minorities or things like that. When you think of the '80s and comedies, there were a lot of things that were unacceptable and probably should have been unacceptable. But there are also things about movies in the 80s and, and even going back into the 70s where there were things that today uh, we should be a little bit more open about, that, th- that those were good examples for how mm-hmm. we should be thinking of different issues. Uh, yeah. whether and I, and that, may be, that, that may be true both to the left and to the right. Yeah. Uh, that may be true in all regard. I, I don't know, but... Yeah. 
<laughs> Let's go back. Can we go back? I that? know. That would be, uh, yeah. It was, a, it was a simpler time. <laughs> we'll get uh, Uncle Rico's uh, uh, time machine from Napoleon Dynamite. Just go back yeah. to 82. Don't you just want to go back? Yes. Yes, uh, I do. So uh, the Washington Post has a story here that not a lot of people are, are talking about. Uh, the headline is former Oklahoma state Senator admits to child sex trafficking while in office. This is a Trump supporter. This is a guy who was a chairman of the, uh, the Trump campaign in Oklahoma. His name is Senator Ralph Shorty. I'm not making that up. That is his name. Senator Ralph Shorty. He's reached a plea deal with federal prosecutors month after months after investigators uncovered a secret life that they say involved child pornography and a rendezvous with a 17-year-old boy he had met through Craigslist's personal ads. Oh, boy. Shorty is a Republican who resigned last spring amid allegations that he had solicited sex from the teen. He'll plead guilty to child sex trafficking charges. His attorney, Ed Blau, said uh, prosecutors will drop three child pornography charges as part of the plea deal. Uh, had Shorty gone to trial and lost, he would have been looking at a 30-year prison sentence at the very least. The sex trafficking charge is punishable by at least 10 years in prison. Federal law re- requires defendants to serve at least 75% of their sentence. In Shorty's case, that would have been uh, eight and a half years. But a judge will ultimately decide on what his sentence should be. So this mm. is something that uh, obviously there's a, we're in a period of time that will hopefully continue to build to some form of critical mass. And, and this is one of the stories that's getting. We don't know. Yeah, it's been lost because what we're having now is this whole rondelay of Republicans like Donald Trump Jr. and Fox News Channel turning this into all about Al Franken and and deeds that, while they were right. awful and distasteful, are nowhere near in the same league as what we're, we've been hearing about Donald Trump and Roy Moore. I mean, Bill Maher had a great run in his opening monologue Friday night uh-huh. about all of that stuff, and I couldn't agree more that while we should condemn Al Franken, I don't think he, the condemnation should be anywhere near to the same degree as the condemnation of someone like Roy Moore, who was a serial predator of underage girls. Donald Trump, very, very similar. In fact, we've been hearing more. Chris Hayes was talking about it the other night where Donald Trump would just walk into the Miss Teen USA pageants uh, backstage because and, and bragging about it on the Stern show, talking about how, uh, you know, because he's the owner of the pageant, he can just walk right into the dressing room and they're uh-huh. half and undressed. Did. Yeah, I mean, right, these are right. About that. right. I mean, the, the Miss USA, Miss Teen USA competitions are in, including women that are as young girls as as young as 14 years old. And Donald Trump's going in, <laughs> yeah, going in and perving out on the underage girls. Yeah, Mr. Wow. President. There he is. So I, you know, and, and 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 I have so many concerns and so many thoughts. And uh, this whole topic has deeply disturbed me for the last two or three days, mm-hmm. uh, in in particular, uh, because it, obviously, obviously, most of the men who have been publicly accused, uh, uh, certainly, and we don't know, but they certainly appear to be guilty. Most of them are facing very indicting charges, uh, accusations. Uh, from from women, there are large numbers of women in in some of the cases. Yep. Uh, Al Franken uh, to me is different. I think we have very sparse accusations, really just two. And 
one of them is not terribly credible to me, the the Leanne Tweeden thing. And, I, you know, of course, immediately if you say that, people jump on, jump on you for slut-shaming and... No, I mean, it isn't about Playboy or anything else. It's oh, sure. About, yeah. It's about her own behavior and the fact that I think she's, we know what her political bent is. We know what her agenda is. Uh, I think she has, at the very least, exaggerated. And uh, parts of this, Franken doesn't recall, uh, as far as we know. Uh, you know, I just, I, I don't know. I have great concerns about the credibility of her story. The other one I, I don't think has been vetted yet. Uh, obviously, we want to generally... Uh, believe these accusations when they come, when there are eight women or 25 women or something, uh, or men come forward uh, to accuse of, of sexual harassment, uh, that's sort of credible. When it's uh, like one and a half, uh, you know, I don't know. Is that a pattern of behavior or was he just a jerk one day? Uh, yeah. You know, I, I, you know, I just don't, and I think there should be a delineation. And I worry about the weaponization of sexual harassment allegations. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and and if you look at the numbers, obviously we swept uh, several people out of Fox News and Bill O'Reilly, and those were high-profile conservatives who uh, got caught up in and and maybe were the start of this wave of revelations about uh, sexual harassment in industry and in media and in politics. Uh, I made a little list for today's show, Bob, of liberals who have been accused of doing horrible things. Okay. Uh, in in terms of sexual harassment, great. Uh, and and this is in no way to lump them all together. And this, I'm not. I'm just saying there seem to be more uh, accusations against high profile, outspoken individuals on the liberal side than there have been against conservatives. And a part of me, my, I'm not usually a conspiracy theorist. But considering the attack on Fox News and the debilitation of, of Bill O'Reilly, uh, I think of I think of I think of the the movie The Untouchables. It's the Chicago way. They take out one of yours, you take out one of theirs. And I, and I feel like we're I feel and and there are some there are some gangster connections in the Trump administration. So I wonder, mm-hmm. you know, if we're seeing some of that. It started with Harvey Weinstein, a major Democratic donor. Yep. Then it was Roy Price, the head of Amazon Studios. Trump hates Bezos as much or more than you do, Bob. <laughs> uh, Lockhart Steele, uh, Bezos, a support, incredible uh, Democratic and liberal uh, supporter financially, at least. Yeah. Uh, Lockhart Steele, the head of Vox Media. Kevin Spacey, who campaigned for both Obama and Clinton. Hamilton Fish, the president of New Republic, Jeffrey Tambor and Louis C.K., known liberals, although they were not terribly active, politically active or outspoken on that subject. Uh, Al Franken, certainly uh, one of the greatest forces to be feared by the Trump administration. Uh, Glenn Thrush of the New York Times, Charlie Rose of CBS News, and now Democratic Congressman John Conyers. These are, and, and maybe maybe nearly all of these accusations are true. And if they are true, and, and in many cases they appear to be, mm-hmm. I think we're all in agreement where what should happen to the careers of those men. Yeah. I don't think anybody disagrees about that. I do think, I still think uh, Franken has been framed here. But to me, I, I smell fish. There's something, there's something odd about this. Obviously, we want to tackle sexual harassment and end that and uh, give women the freedom to have unfettered careers. Uh, obviously, we want that. But uh, I'm, I'm, wondering, I'm wondering if there isn't something more going on here, too. 
That I mean, that could very well be. And I wouldn't be surprised in the slightest if we found out that something like that was going on. Because what we're talking about here is seizing to a certain extent. Obviously, uh, we have to take seriously all of these charges. And this is actually yes. this is Kimberly yeah. Johnson, who I think came up with a great way to delineate how to react to these charges. I think Good. believing every accuser uh, wholesale is 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 not necessarily the right way to go, but we have to right. take them all seriously. And I think that's that's a mm-hmm. good rule to have. Instead of mm-hmm. saying let's believe everything they say, what well, no, instead of that, instead right. of wholesale just accepting it, why don't we just take them seriously? And and that way we move forward without d- tr- trying to undermine the accusations, but right. but we we give them the credence they deserve, the, the, the hearing, the public hearing that they deserve. So there's that. Uh, at the same time, um, I, I don't think that uh, this this strategy, um, well, let's put it this way. What what they're exploiting here is they're exploiting the inability of the American public, specifically the people who are involved in the trenches of the political debate, whether it's on social media or at the water cooler at, at the office or wherever, in discerning different degrees of of criminality. Uh, this is another thing that Bill Maher talked about, where it seems frustrating, and it is extraordinarily frustrating, that so many people just either willingly or simply cannot see gradations of of bad deeds. Right. Like you right. can't you can't necessarily lump Al Franken with two accusations of possibly. Uh, 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 bad behavior, certainly distasteful and ugly behavior. Mm-hmm. And sophomoric, sure. sure. But you you can't label, you can't throw that in with Roy Moore and uh, and Harvey Weinstein, or certainly Donald Trump. And so that's the the exploitation is coming in the form of taking advantage of the fact that in this insane shovel fight environment that we're in right now, that we can't discern <laughs> what is truly bad and what is only well maybe 70 percent bad or sixty. Right. bad or 50% bad or what have you. Right. And, uh, you know, with Jane Curtin and Lorraine Newman and other women who worked with Franken coming out in his defense and yeah. saying they had never experienced that, nor had they even witnessed him being sexually aggressive toward anyone. Uh, and and uh, that sort of feels like the Al Franken that we know. Of course, mm-hmm. we've thought that about others. We may have thought it about Kevin Spacey, although, you know, I mean, I, I just don't know. I, I think we held these people in very high esteem and we, we gave them the benefit of the doubt. Uh, and so I think that's our ten- tendency. Yep. Uh, but but in, in Franken's case, it just really, really, really doesn't seem like something he would do. Would would he, would this sophomoreism seem like something he would do? Absolutely, <laughs> yes. uh, no question about it. Mm-hmm. But but uh, sexual aggression, not this guy. I I just don't buy it. Yeah, you know? I just don't. Well, that's exactly uh, right. And, but and, you know, yeah. on the other hand, with Charlie Rose, <laughs> Charlie uh-huh. Rose, yeah. you know what? With yeah. Charlie Rose, I totally buy it. I to- the, it, it's the quiet ones. It. It's the quiet ones you have to watch out for. <laughs> well, I have. A, you know what? I I know someone. I know someone who, uh, uh, while uh, married, was hit on, hit upon. Uh, I don't know how you say that. He uh-huh. he hit on her uh, after the taping of one of his shows. And that and hitting on someone isn't against the law, and it's certainly not inappropriate. But it, it does show that uh, that Charlie Rose it, it, it was, you know, 
tr- trying yeah. trying to uh, put it out there, shall we say? Yes, he yeah, was, yeah. He was, he's a player, and that's that. What that sort of illustrates, but mm-hmm. all of the rest of this, obviously, from what we've been hearing, of far worse than just hitting on someone. Evidently, yes. oh, he's getting yeah. naked in front of them, right. and some of the right. other charges uh, right. seem uh, almost equally as uh, as salacious. So, but talk about shocking! And here's another yeah. guy who seemed. You know, you see somebody and they're so calm and they're so intelligent and they're so clever. Uh, and then you just think, well, gosh, this is just a wonderful person. And then you find this out and it's it's crushing and you don't see it coming. And it's just it it knocks the wind out of you. Yeah. And you know what? I just watched uh, Buzz on Netflix, that new uh, Jim Carrey, Andy Kaufman documentary. Yes. Uh, and... <laughs> You know, the timing, it was a great documentary. First of all, it was directed by Chris Smith, who cre- who made the, the documentary American Movie. Do you remember that? Have you seen that documentary? If you I don't think I have, no. If you haven't seen American Movie, you got to run out and see the documentary called American Movie. It is one of the, okay. the most amazing pieces of documentary filmmaking I've ever seen in my life. It will make you think that it's not real, that it's an improvised comedy, but it wow. is 100% absolutely real so wow the same director uh took all of this found footage from jim carrey that was filmed during the uh, making of man on the moon which was the uh, man on the moon yeah andy kaufman movie right and so uh in this documentary footage that was taken back in 1997 or whatever the hell it was and then assembled by chris smith and jim carrey uh obviously we see a lot of tony clifton in there right and right. uh and we see a lot of jim carrey as andy kaufman doing inappropriate things and uh-huh. I'm, I'm wondering if jim carrey by the very nature of this documentary premiering this week on netflix and uh-huh. people seeing it obviously it's the main thing that you see when you dial up netflix on your tv that's the right. first promotion that comes up in the screen and uh-huh. uh i'm wondering if that's going to get him embroiled in all of this at, at some level because of the behavior that's exhibited not only in the documentary, but maybe by people who remember that. Because they even say in the documentary, there are going to be so many lawsuits against the, the making of this or against the, uh, the the film itself and certainly against uh, whoever was Universal wow. and, and Jim Carrey because of the behavior wow. behind the, the scenes where, I mean, there's one scene where he starts that because he was method about it. He was always Andy Kaufman, whether they were right. rolling or not. Right. And so he could slip into Tony Clifton and mm-hmm. suddenly start talking. And, and there was one point where he slipped into Tony Clifton and a, uh, a, a female stagehand nearby goes, please, no, not don't, don't become Tony Clifton again. Please do not do this. Just pleading with him to re-bottle Tony Clifton. Yeah. So I'm wondering... If uh, if Jim Carrey is next, I certainly have a small list in my head of people really? who I think will probably end up going down. Not necessarily by personal observation, but just by I, knowing. I want to continue. I want to continue to be surprised. Yeah, uh, <laughs> let's let's do that. I think that's a little more fun, isn't it? Uh, instead yeah. of. Uh, Instead of jumping ahead in time and convicting people before they've been accused. I think that's wow. a good idea. You know what? Another, uh, Since I've been praising Bill Maher here in this segment, uh, another thing he had to, had to say that I thought was pretty appropriate is, we can't be more outraged than the victims themselves. And right. I, I think that's good. That's a good idea to keep in mind when we're talking about the Al Franken accusations because mm-hmm. uh, Leanne Tweeden has basically said, hey, you know what? It's in the past. 
right? I accept your now, statement. Now that I now that I've done my damage, yes. I, I, yeah. I don't want him to resign, and I accept his apology. Well, the big irony in all of this is, and and maybe this was, as Les Nessman says in that Turkey's Away episode, maybe it's organized uh, <laughs> that Al Franken is a big champion of net neutrality. Yes. And, yeah. he's, and he's been taken off the playing field just as Agit Pai decides to roll back net neutrality. And he's been really tough on Jeff Sessions, too. I, you know, I, I think he's been a fierce dog in the Russia investigation. That's right. That's right. So we'll see. I don't know. I don't know. There's no evidence to that effect. But I think we, we did hear a little bit about Roger Stone. We heard a little bit about Russia. I smell fish. Yeah, I think, you know what? It wouldn't shock me if some of this had to do with Russia. We always have to factor Russia into the equation when we hear uh, stories that seem to come out of nowhere that uh, certainly, yeah, that that either uh, twist the entire discourse or accuse a liberal and then use that as a false equivalence to uh, to dumb down or to mute the accusations against conservatives because if everyone's a sexual predator, then no one's a sexual predator. Despite years of resistance, I have uh, I have I have joined this I've joined this march. I've joined this 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 belief. I absolutely. <laughs> All right, well we went uh, we went way long with the free show, so yeah, we're gonna do a, a brief a briefer, I should say a briefer postmortem show coming up next. But in the meantime, have a great Thanksgiving weekend and uh, stay safe. Seriously, stay safe, especially on uh, on Black Friday. It's not it's not worth the TV to trample ninety people. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, have a wonderful holiday break. Make sure to catch uh, Buzz Burbank news and comment. Oh yeah, you're not doing one on Thursday. That's right. Next next week, but happy Thanksgiving, everybody. See you on Tuesday, folks. Bye bye.